Welcome to another episode, Middle Ground with JLE, LLC, where we treat you like family. That's the theme song, Detroit Love, from my first album, The JLE Experience. We have another great guest for you today, and a fellow Wayne State University alum. I forgot on your page I saw that. Make sure to get all your accolades together, brother. We have the founder and owner of Kane's Virtue, psychotherapist Kenneth Heyman Jr., M-A-T-L-L-P. And you are with Solars and Associates. I think I said that right, right? Yes. All right. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you for reaching out and allowing me to be a guest on your platform. Hey, I appreciate you for doing it, man. <laughs> you could look to me like stranger danger. Like, who is this guy? What do you want? <laughs> Get off my page. <laughs> so tell people you a little know, bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, man, where, where do I start? Um, I am a psychotherapist. I am also a life coach. Uh, I assist others. Um, with substance abuse coaching and mental health coaching. Um, I am married. I have a son who will be one on the 30th, and I'm very excited about that. Um, Let's see. I graduated from Farmington High School, went to college, did something different. I went to a school in Kentucky called Kentucky Christian University, where I double majored in counseling psychology and biblical studies and I also was on scholarship to play football there I played off for years um, in the NAIA conference and then I did something different came back came back home went to Wayne State uh, and earned my master's degree in counseling psychology yeah you would graduate 19 I'm hating just a little bit I finished <laughs> in 20 the era of COVID <laughs> <laughs> you got to walk across stage like this ain't right. This some bull job, man. <laughs> Every time it's my time to come up, something happened. <laughs> High school, graduate 96. Oh, y'all got to stay in the school year. Get out in July. Like, July? They going to think I went July. to summer school. This ain't cool. I just knew my graduation was going to be on point. I wanted my name on Fox, Jeffrey L. Edwards, and class of 2020. I, I felt it was deserved. Didn't work for me. <laughs> well, it's good to have you here. We're going to always learn something new about these awesome guests that come to the show. So if someone's looking to get into this field, he's going to give you some awesome information to see that's what you need to be doing. Ask God first. So here we go. What led you to this path? So it, it really started from childhood. Um Coming from a, a broken home, my parents divorced when I was younger in elementary school, and um, Sorry, from there, from there, I really wanted to um, help kids under understand what's going on when your parents divorced. So that's how, like, I really like started to want wanting to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk with with kids that come from divorced parents, but then that started to evolve once I. Um, once I got into um, undergraduate, and I started to learn the different courses, and then especially once I um, went to Wayne State, and the program really taught us um, 
working with kids, working with um, adolescents, young adults, adults. Um, I, I branched off and, and learned about the substance abuse field. So I really um, evolved throughout my studies. Uh, the funny thing about that is before I wanted to be a therapist, I wanted to be an engineer. Me too, bro. Um, <laughs> Pre-cow, like, dunked on me all the time. <laughs> get, get that weak stuff out of here, Jeff. <laughs> Like in high school, I had, well, middle school, high school, I had it planned out. I wanted to be a mechanical engineer, and I wanted to play ball. Okay. Um, but then I learned on in high school that, you know, to be an engineer, you need to be um, spectacular in math. You got dunked on too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, the funny thing is I thought I was good at math. It's okay, um, man. It's okay. We got, we got a group for it. Pre-Cal ain't no joking, Wayne State, man. You know what? Mm. I, I tell everybody now, that's my running joke when it comes to um, anything math-related. I'm like, come on, I'm a, I'm a psychologist. You know, I, I don't do <laughs> <laughs> So really, um, being a, a therapist and going into the mental health field, I really um, developed and conceptualized that my senior year of high school. Okay. Now... Did you have any challenges when you was going through school while your parents were going through their divorce? Uh, um, when I was younger, I really did not feel it had an impact on okay. me. Okay, that's good. Um, until, but like that was just my perception, though. But my behavior said different things. Um, okay, you know what a, what a lot of people don't know um, is that when I was in, well, it was like the elementary, middle school. Um, I did take some anger management courses. Um, but I felt I wasn't mad about my parents divorcing. Now there's always some underlying, you know, concerns regarding that matter. I never thought it was, but you know, eventually I started to be honest with myself, but it's hard being a young kid and it's like, yeah, I'm mad because my mom and dad left. You know, it's just I'm seeing them, I love them. Um mm-hmm. so I, I I would say I definitely went through some challenges. Um uh, when they did divorce, uh, I went from being a honor roll, you know, student, and, mm-hmm. and then when I when I was in middle school, I had decent grades, um, but my my grades definitely took a dip in the middle school to um, high school area. Okay, I mean, I didn't have that, but I started noticing that my father passed when I was twelve. The, the manhood, maturation, you would need to talk to him about stuff in high school. And I would get depressed about he wasn't there. Weed and gin and juice is my friend. And though I kept a three-point, but I was pocket at the crib. That don't help nothing nobody because I still was jacked up about it. Don't get help. So, yeah, yeah, you know. go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your father. And, you know, the, the key thing with just going through that, that whole thing, um, I, I'm blessed to have, like, two different families. I have a third family now that I'm married. And okay. they were with me through high school. I've been with my wife since I was 14. Oh, wow. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, like, I still have my, uh, I really don't like the stepmom, stepdad, but, like, I still have my other mom and my other dad so like i really did not skip a beat okay and and it was more so just my outward behavior it wasn't as though i was neglected of anything at home like it wasn't Mm -hmm. that i had like 
my parents made sure me and my siblings um, had everything we needed. Um, so it was just just more so me really learning how to navigate through that whole process. Okay, so you get dunked on like I did, and what made you say psychology? Like I took the course and and, I, and that's my senior high school and I really and actually I didn't do that well I believe I finished like a B minus mm-hmm. but that's because I didn't apply myself but like I I had this calling okay now some people have this like aha moment you know it wasn't like it wasn't like the light shined on me and it's like <laughs> you need to talk to people okay I got you <laughs> um, but uh, my senior I'm like you know I'm really I'm really great at listening. I'm I'm really great at, and what I don't do now, but what I did before, like I'm really great at giving advice. So, um, the the thing with with high school, with my senior year, and then in college, I just learned that I I really want to assist others. Um, how I really, you know where I really got to that point and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead in our conversation but like I really felt as though my purpose was to lead was to lead and service others oh no we this show is all about you man we ain't jumping ahead <laughs> it don't matter how it come out it's all about you and how you got to where you are Like it really felt as the, as a natural fit to really assist, um, really to assist others. Okay. So, what is a psychotherapist? So, a, a psychotherapist um, is, is is a clinician that um, that will see couples, individuals, families, um, in in a, in a safe place, mm-hmm. and where. They work on setting therapeutic goals and really um, really learning and addressing any type of um, mood, you know, mood concerns or disorders, personality um, concerns, any psychosocial concerns. Um, A therapist is really there to be a a listening ear and and to um, assist a person in whatever they are going through. Now, for someone that might feel this is their calling to go into that, what do they have to do to get that piece of paper? Whew. All right. Well, first and foremost, like I, I believe I was like I really believe like I did my research and I believe I was ahead of the game with like people who really, like thought they wanted to do psychology but didn't know. Um, I learned learned at an early age that. I did not want to go to school forever. I I, I love school, but like football, like football was really like a motivating factor for me to really excel in my studies. Okay. So, um, so what would it take to get that paper? You you have to um, learn what you are trying to do um, in in the future. So I learned that I do not need a PhD or PsyD to have my own practice. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, well, what's that PsyD? What's that? So with the PsyD, so with the PhD, so the PhD and and the PsyD, the, um, those those are like the higher the higher graduate um, 
graduating like letters you get when you complete school. I never heard of side of you. You talk some game. I never heard of man. Oh yeah, so like PhD, <laughs> like PhD is more research focused. Okay. Now, when you have a PsyD, like when you have a PsyD, and um, I will not be like politically correct in this term, but this is how I differentiate it. It was that with a PsyD, you are more in the field. Okay. Now there is a research component to it, but with PhD tracks, those are you know more of the people that really want to get off into being a researcher, being a professor. I didn't want to be either of those things. So I know with the I knew with the PsyD program, I would be able to continue to work on my craft and be on the field and still um, I would be able to gain the highest credential. Now, what is the letters for PsyD? So what are the letters for PsyD? Yes. So that's where you have the PSYD. Okay. So it's PSY.D. But this is some new stuff. I never seen that by nobody name. Never heard of. That's like, okay. What are you talking about? Yes, yeah, a doctor of psychology. <laughs> okay, I'm learning something new myself. <laughs> but I knew I did not want to go to school until I was twenty eight thirty. So, um, for people that want the doctor and attached to their names. Mm-hmm. Definitely find a program in which fit you as far as do you want to be in the field? You know, do you still want to be that, you know, clinician? Do you want to be a researcher? Do you want to be a professor with learning, you know, if you want that doctor attached to your name? I know I did not. Like, I I, I am okay with not being the smartest person in the room. I would like to have that doctor in front, but like, uh, (laughs) I I need to have my own company running and flourishing. I can do this at my leisure. Going to yes. Illich again, a nice spot, love them, but nah. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I knew going into a doctoral program, it would take me away from really working on my craft. So the route that I took was, and, with, and the route that others can take is definitely get your undergraduate, your, uh, your bachelor's of science or arts um, in psychology. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be counseling. It can just be in psychology, clinical psych, um, and then be able to um, get accepted into a graduate program. Um, it is very competitive. I know when I went to really? Wayne State, yes, uh, when I went to Wayne State, um, there were only six of us wow. accepted in that, in that cohort. And I took intro to site. And this dude was trying to recruit me and my homeboy to join. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't want to hear people's problems all day. I hear that now. <laughs> I, 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 God bless them. They're superheroes that want to do that. That's just not what I want to do. He was just really trying to find new, fresh blood into the field. Like, nah, this don't. This going to help me figure out dating a little bit better because. I need to pay attention a little bit better than what I am. And it did. It did help me out. I got to give that. Y'all some Jedis with that psychology. I give you that. And really sit down and understand. It it really takes a a special heart to be in the, I would say, the human services field. Absolutely. Um, You're superheroes. It's definitely not for everyone. Mm -mm. (laughs) I know my limitations. And I can, and I'm okay to say, no, because... I don't want, 
I ain't trying to hear about your problems all the time. Now I'm people I know. I love them. Because I know I'm an honest person. And I think I'd be a jerk. That's just my personal opinion. I don't try to be. But they like the honesty. I don't say nothing bad to them, but I'm like, honestly, this is what you really need to do. And I'm thinking, I shouldn't say that, but I guess it helps. Well, the, the key thing to remember is, it's not necessarily what you're saying, it's how you're saying it. Yeah, because I ain't never trying to hurt nobody's feelings or nothing like that. That's not cool. Yeah. That's wrong. <laughs> I ain't got no sense. I'm a musician. That's my skill. It's a form of art, just like therapy. I mean, I look at therapy as being a form of art, and 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 it's a it's really a beautiful thing when people can join in together and really accomplish the goals that um, are developed. You're so right, because when people do get the help and you see their life change for the better, it is truly awesome. It really is, because some people need help. Seriously. I, I, I mean, I talk a lot of smack and crack jokes, but some people really do need help or need to sit down with somebody and figure that stuff out. And they yeah, got awesome know, people like you. We all we all can benefit from therapy, you know. Um, well, hold on now. You in my business. I don't know. I don't know. You're going to be writing we, stuff down. Like, wait, what you writing down? <laughs> What is all that you doing? Look, I got my notepad and pen with you. Right See? Now. See, I'm typing. I'm asking, like, hold on, man. I thought we were the same team. Ain't nobody supposed to know GA classified. Ain't nobody supposed to know about this. Why you keep writing? <laughs> <laughs> so, you get the degree, then what did you do with it? So, after, so after, I, got, after I received my bachelor's, um, from Kentucky Christian University. Um, I came back home, and one of the first things that I wanted to do was gain experience. Okay. Now, it is so difficult to do, and I and you know, thank thank God that he was able to provide me with an opportunity at a young age and without having the right credentials. In the human service field, you really have to be geared up with the credentials. Wow. Or like you would not be in the field. Um, so when I came back home, I was able to, um, my sister, she, um, she worked, she worked for this, um, for this agency that, that placed people okay. places. So, um, I actually started off at an agency called Ruth Ellis and Ruth Ellis was a, it was an organization that housed at risk LGBTQ youth. Okay. So while being a youth support specialist there, um, I was able to find um, find Rainbow Center of Michigan Highland Park. And what that is, is a Medicaid-assisted treatment facility that um, uses methadone. What is that? So um, a lot of times when we have um, people in the substance abuse uh, community or substance use mm-hmm. community or substance use disorder community um, that uses heroin okay. or any opioids. Okay. Painkillers like opioids. The methadone serves as a blocker. Okay. So it is regulated federally. 
Okay. So you're you're using the methadone to um, to wean yourself off of the illicit substance. Then you use you use the methadone to still work, take care of daily activities, and then eventually you work on uh, titrating off of methadone and live a a, a, a so sober life. That's awesome. Um, it's a big stigma with methadone uh, facilities. Um, because a lot of people say, oh, you're just substituting a substance for a substance. Um, however, that's, you know, methadone, you have to see a, a doctor. Okay. And then they, and then you match the, the doctor prescribing the methadone with the counselor. Because a lot of people in the substance abuse community, um, you know, it's more co-occurring disorders. They have, you know, some will have a mental health diagnosis along with their substance abuse concerns. So um, I, I worked with the Rainbow Center of Michigan for two years while going through my graduate program. And I learned a lot. Like a lot of my cohort members, they weren't working. They were just going to school. Okay. Like I found that opportunity and I was, I mean, I was working on my craft. Everything I was learning in my class, like I was able to implement that at Rainbow Center, Michigan. So internship is crucial in that field. Well, well, I didn't intern there. I worked there while going to school. Well, I'm just saying, like, whether you can get a job or intern, getting that actual experience helps with that degree. For for psychology, for, I'm not even going to say psychology, for being a therapist, being a counselor, it is very important to, to get, um, in person like that in vivo experience because if you do not people will be able to read read it like a book and a lot of a lot of the older crowd um Mm -hmm. and i would say 30 to 60 you know i would come in and you know they see me and they know that i'm in in school and they you know they would say all right listen here young man i'm not trying to hear nothing you got from the book how can you help me and it's, it's, really, oh, wow. it's really about, and it, it was more explicit than that. But I, I, know, I can't get there. Yeah, I believe uh, it. But, um, but they, like a lot of people really want to see, you know, authenticity. Like they want people to be genuine. Like, yes, you can learn a lot of stuff in the book, but a lot of that stuff is not going it could, it can, but a lot of it really do not apply to what's going on in that situation. Okay. In theory, it works. In some scenarios, it might. Yes. I'm not saying it cannot work, but like being able to really pick up on the nonverbals. You can't get that through a book. You can learn about nonverbals, but it's like it's learning. It's learning to be quiet. It's learning when you need to give insight. You know, it's Mm -hmm. learning just picking up on key indicators. So that that intern being uh, being an intern and working in the field. Is, is is definitely um, vital in the field. Okay. But I I, I do want to say though, I, I was given this game when I was a part of my graduate program, so it was pretty much late for me. It really wasn't, but I still stayed in my track. Um, what I really want to tell a lot of uh, people in the mental health field that are in Michigan and just the Midwest, Michigan is a social worker state, meaning. Social workers pretty much got all the contracts. A lot of the jobs that you will see now, they want social workers. Oh, wow. Like a social worker 
so, social workers are flooded in the private practice field. Like social workers can act as a psychotherapist. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. There there are social workers in the um, private practice field. There are social workers in the school. Um, there are social workers that are in the um, nonprofit sectors and these other mental health agencies. So for someone wanting to go into the the psychologist track, it is it is very difficult because right now I have a TLLP, the highest I can go, which is that's like right now I am serving as a master's level temporary limited license psychologist. The highest I can go is dropping the T to become a limited licensed psychologist. So as a limited licensed psychologist, I'm still technically not fully um, licensed. The full mm-hmm. license is the LP, but I cannot gain an LP unless I go to a doctoral program. Oh, wow. So I know that was a lot with the letters, but... Oh, no, that's a lot of information that's going to help. That's awesome stuff right there. Yeah, social workers, they um, they pretty much, like I said, flood in the, the, the Midwest, and they get a, a lot of opportunities. Um, the people that um, are in position with the legislation and the lobbying, like they, they were really for the social workers um, and licensed professional counselors. So um, LPCs and social workers on the master's level, they can actually, they can be fully licensed at the master's level. I cannot. Wow. So there are masters, master level social workers that legit have their own practice. There are LPCs, licensed professional counselors that have their own practice and can be individually paneled through insurances. Me with a TLOP with a a psychologist tract, I, I cannot unless I, I cannot be individually panel unless um, I get the LLP. And even with the limited license psychologist track, there are still some insurances that would not panel me. So for the young clinicians that's out there and want to go into the human service field, I definitely uh, would encourage them to look at LPCs and social workers because they are doing the same thing as me. The only difference a social worker cannot do and the psychologist I, 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 and a counselor, I am able to um, do testing. Okay. So, you know, so the, the psychological testing, I get, I, I'm trained, like we have this the section of our, our graduate program where I am trained to administer psychological testing. Okay. That's some awesome information, bro. Appreciate that. Don't be writing that down over there. <laughs> so, what made you become a mental health and substance abuse coach? A lot of times um, in the um, in the substance abuse community, you have the Medicaid-assisted programs, uh, Medicaid-assisted treatment programs. You have these other programs that's geared towards substance um, substance abuse and substance use. But a, a lot of a lot of times the mission statement and the purpose gets um, a little blurred. And I, and I said, like, for example, I was able, by the grace of God, I was able to be a clinical supervisor at one of the med, uh, Medicaid system treatment programs that I worked for. And 
while being a supervisor, I they still wanted me to have 70 clients. So on top of having a team of wow. more than six, they still wanted me to see 70 people. But on top of that, with my other clinicians, they were seeing 70 people plus. Wow. So I, I definitely believe a lot of these agencies, um, that they say the mission is to help people in need. But then a lot of times as a business, and I understand the money speaks louder. So the more people they can get in, the more money they, they get from the state. That's a lot of people. So, so a lot like right now, like a, a lot of clinicians are overwhelmed. Like a lot of places they are looking for clinicians, but when they look for these clinicians, they drop in, they drop in 60 to 70 people on them day one. Wow. So it's high burnout. So the reason why I wanted to be a coach, when I was doing groups, I loved doing um, groups um, when I was at the Medicaid-assisted treatment program. And a lot of people, um, they, they, a lot of the people, they loved the groups as well. And, and and I had the upper hand too because of like just my experience um, with group work, but also just understanding what they need. Like a lot of times, like just with this platform, like. It's about being authentic. I, I'm not up there as a robot, not speaking their language. Like I'm able to speak their like a lot of people that was in my group language. So instead of just really focusing on the substance use, like for the coaching, it's really about helping the people in the substance abuse community find their purpose. You know, find their responsibility. You know, um, what is it that you're? You know, what is what is it that's holding you back? but also get in a group setting to where they are able to process their emotions and have other people like them. Um, one of the biggest things I did when I left that program is I started a group um, that was called Methadone and Suboxone United. Mm-hmm. Suboxone is another Medicaid-assisted treatment. And... I started that group because outside of the facilities that make group mandatory, like group is mandatory in these programs. Okay. And they're mandatory so the agency can get their money. <laughs> but it is also, it is, but it's also helpful for the, the, the clients that are serious about, uh, about their sobriety, about their, you know, their life. A lot of people don't take the group serious, but they are mandatory to go. So, I really started that group because outside of the programs, AA really don't really do not work because a lot of the people are not, I wouldn't say that they, um, they don't want to be in a, a religious, religious based group. A lot of AA members turn away methadone users Mm. because they tell them you not, you're not fully clean. Oh, wow. You still use methadone. You put a substance in your body. And a lot of NA, you know, um, <clears throat> doesn't work for them as well. So, like, I, I really wanted to form, like, that that substance abuse group so that uh, more inclusive. the community, the community that's, that uses methadone and suboxone so that they can have a group of their own where they can express themselves outside of their agencies. That's cool you formed that because... If they're trying to get better, they don't need to see any type of roadblocks that make them feel like you ain't really making strides. Correct. 
Now, being a being a mental health coach, um, I, I love it. I, one of the reasons why I I wanted to be a mental health coach outside of therapy, um, I saw a lot of time, a lot of times in my therapy that some of these clients are coming in, they don't really fit that medical disease model of diagnosing them. Oh. Now, if you're pri- if you're a private paid pri- uh, therapist, you don't have to diagnose. But a lot of people that I see, they use insurance, so I have to diagnose them, which I am not a big fan of. So with coaching, it really allows me to assist them with the, the self-esteem, you know, with the, with the purpose, with really finding out who you are, really assisting them with accountability, um, with knocking down those fears and objections. So being a mental health coach, a lot of these people, they are they, they are not coming to me with generalized anxiety disorder. They're not coming to me with major depressive disorder. Like something happened or something is happening, but they're still not meeting criteria. So being a coach it really allows me to, hey, this is what's going on. This is really what's hindering you. What's the plan moving forward? Now, if we were talking about the therapy realm, now we focus in on the, the past. We're talking about focusing on childhood traumas or concerns. Um, we, we really focus in on those things that hit the criteria for the mood disorders or personality disorders. So being a mental health coach, it really allows me to be very directive and, and future-driven. You're covering all the bases, man. <laughs> you on point. So what is Kane's virtue? Uh, yeah, Kane's virtue is a business that I, I developed um, definitely with the help of my family um, to assist others with the mental health coaching. So <clears throat> I wanted to get, like, when I had my son, you know, I, I really had that moment where it's like, I, I need something to lead to help. Okay. Something that, it, you know, has his name. Something that if he wanted to, he can take over. So, you know, I really developed Kane's virtue for my son um, so he can, you know, he can grow up and have something that is his. That's awesome. Forward thinking right there, brother. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a successful. Lot of times we, a lot of times we are not left with anything. Some people were not nope. taught. And, you know, I have the, um, I, I'm able to learn from my parents. And I really want to do something different. So, like, I, I'm really working on, you know, um, making sure I do my best so that I can leave him, you know, with his business. I mean, what I'm doing now, I'm getting it out the mud. I'm learning step by step what I did wrong, what I didn't. We'll jot it down, mental note. As this grow, because this will be money-making, and I can do more with it to help more people. But... If you ain't had an opportunity to have it already set up for you, you hey, God gave you a brain and hands and feet. Got to get after it and build it yourself. For sure. And you're going to learn a lot of lessons doing it. <laughs> I'm already learning lessons in the beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I've learned my work phone is a backup when... My iPhone ain't working right with the sound until I can get the boards and all the 
be writing these streets. I ain't right yet, but I'm eventually get there. But I'm gonna get it done. Hook a crook. Oh, you will get it done. You will get it done. <laughs> I ain't going to figure it out. You're from Detroit. You're going to figure it out. <laughs> and you're going to like, dang. I, yeah, he had a hooch, but now he got that nice car. Like, yep. Yeah, saved his money up and he got one. Like, yep. Yeah. He got what he wanted. He took him a minute, but he got there. And he's shining now. Yeah. You asking, how did you do it? Like, well, you, you should have been taking notes. <laughs> Hard work pays off. My old cliches, they mean something. It still works. Okay. But you know but you know what to that? And I and I'm glad and I'm glad you said it. Um with uh, with the idea of like hard work paying off. Because it does. Uh, but what I really learned the difference between like my parents' generation. Mm-hmm. Um like like um like your generation and like the difference between like the generation that I'm in, like the Working hard, and if you work hard, you can accomplish whatever you want to do, and you can be any, you know, anyone or anything. Uh, I, I really believe that when my generation, <clears throat> like the, the statement is not finished. It's like you like work hard, but also teaching others how to work hard, and not just by. Um, vicariously learning, like seeing them do the work. Okay, I feel that. I believe that. I believe that really has been um, a, a a factor in growth with some of my generation. Because I, a lot of times we don't we don't know how to do certain things, but we was told to do it and work hard at it. I guess with I guess my generation graduating in the nineties. The old school before us was always passing knowledge and we would listen. And along the way, some of you didn't want to listen. I don't care what your old timers got to say. So they stopped passing the knowledge. And I guess it was up to my generation, people graduating 90s, to keep passing it. But it's kind of selective of who wants to know. Like, definitely go to a barbershop, you might come across some young cats and like, okay. You want to know some real grown man business, I call it. And you start passing some of the knowledge down. But then you come across some cats. You ain't a therapist, but you just peep. You ain't trying to hear nothing nobody got to say. I'm going to let you run out there knowing these cars going 100 miles, but you just impatient. You go right ahead. I ain't about to say nothing to you. Because everything about you says, man, leave me alone. Don't say nothing to me. So, okay. But the ones that do, I still do try to pass it. Cause that's how the knowledge keeps passing down generation generations on manhood. Cause you need to work hard, but you need to work smarter. You need to plan ahead. And if it don't work, yes. okay, what's your contingency plan? And given the world is so small because of technology, you can go on YouTube and look it up, and someone may have somewhat did it the way you're trying to do it, and you tweak it to what you need to do. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Because a lot of male pride likes to say, well, you're a man, you figure it out. I ain't got that male pride. I'm, hey, when the few that I went on dates with in my life, they probably could contest. I don't know how to get out here to know that. Which way? I don't want to get lost. I ain't that dude. I'm I'm keep driving to Ohio not knowing where I'm going. No, that's, to me, that's stupid and illogical. I'm going to ask for help. Because I want to get to the destination. So... 
whoever might need help, I will hope they will ask someone. And God will put the one there that will have the information they need to help them build it or whatever they're trying to do. But guess what, though? And, and I'm glad that you said this because I'm right, down, I'm right down too, Jack. I'm right down. Oh, okay. Hey, no problem, man. <laughs> um, some of us don't know how to ask or what to ask. And, oh, and this is, a, you know, and I, and I am seeing and hearing this a lot in our, in our black community. Because sometimes to ask... And how to ask is seen as disrespectful. It's seen as why don't you know? You should you should already know how to do. So I agree with everything that you said. I, I got you because I've I've encountered people in those conversations, and I would find myself telling them, "You got to factor in." Just in the black community alone, a lot of people were having sex in the nineties, having kids, and oh, I don't want to be a father. So now that's new generations of single moms in high school getting it out the mud to take care of their kid. So all the manhood things they should be learning with their dad that you saw on the old school TV shows when you had the black families and all that. Unless they got uncles or someone that's going to take that time, who's going to teach them? Now you can teach yourself blind leading the blind and y'all learn through trial and error. But when I came up, I can look back on and say, God blessed me that even though my father died when I was 12, he put a council of elders around to pass me the knowledge that I would need for manhood. So I always try to pay that forward. So if a young cat, especially at Wayne State, you working out at the fitness center or a student center, oddly, some cats just walk up to him like, man, can I ask you a question? I'm like, what's going on, man? And it'd be some life stuff they were like, well, sure, let me help you sort it out. Best way I can. So I get today's where everybody is isolated. Get away from me. I don't know you, but prior to COVID, God will lead you to the person to go ask. Like one of my homeboys now, we had a math class back in early 2000s together. Didn't really speak to him. He had a dating situation. I was working out fitness on Friday. He just stepped to me like, can I ask you a question? I'm not sure. And we got cool after trying to help him through a situation. So sometimes it's just, excuse me, sir, can I ask you a question? I can't, I find it hard for a dude to be a jerk that you say, excuse me, sir, can I ask you a question? You really need some Jesus if you're going to have an attitude and they ask you like that. Because that's very respectful. And... Some dudes want to be esteemed to know that they got something to pass to somebody. Because you learn something, even through all your mistakes. So, hey, if you ever got a question, you can always hit me up. Try to help you the best way I can. Because it got to keep getting passed. No, I, I totally agree. And, and like, I, I agree with everything that you said. And, and, and the, one of the biggest things when I do hear that, you know, work, working hard. It's like, how do I work hard though? And a lot of people don't know how to ask because it's like it's, it's perceived as a stupid question. Yeah, but it's not. It's like, You're right. It, but, it's, but it's really not. It's, it's really not. You're right. It's, so, so we sometimes we just do not know. Yeah. But it is difficult to ask. So to so, make sure I answer that question better to anybody that might be listening that might want to know. 
to work hard is a few steps of one, researching what you're trying to do. First, always ask God. That I'm a faith person, so always ask God first. He tell you to go for it. Second, research it. YouTube, Google, whatever. Third, see, can you find a mentor that's in that field that might want to help you learn the ropes or whatever it is you're trying to do? And then fourth, you got to start putting some practice into it to see what do you know, what you don't know, where you might make a mistake, how to correct it. Learn a little bit as you go. And if you do have a mentor willing to help you in that field, then it'll be, okay, well, carpentry, for example. Okay, I tried to put carpet down in my house, and I made, it looks horrible. Can you show what I did wrong? At least you can learn because you did, at some point, did. It don't, it don't matter if you make a mistake. That's cool. But the point that you're actually actively doing it, now you're really putting all those components together. So you are working hard with a plan. So you can always go back to the drawing board, correct it, tweak it to where it fits for you. And whatever it is you're trying to do, you will get the right result. Yeah, I like, the, I like those steps. I, I, I totally agree. Um, now, like for me being a therapist, I, I, for me, I would just tweak the first one for me just because I am a faith-based person as well. Um, mm-hmm. I believe in putting God first, but some people do not. That's um, true. You know, so like for so for me, like I totally agree. Um, and like I guess in my practice, I you know I kind of have to have to tweak that person. <laughs> yeah, like someone that's not a faith based person, would you want to like say if it's with your purpose, for example, what would you want to mm-hmm. do for free that you love doing? That might be what you was created to do. Or write down what all skills you really do have that come natural. Yes. Now, out of all those skills, which one do you enjoy doing the most? That might be your go-to. You can close your eyes and do it. That might be the main yes. one he gave you. Yes, and, and the, the, the biggest thing, too, with the purpose is, like, the idea of finding your purpose... Mm-hmm. Like we, like we have to be honest, and we have to be authentic. Um, you know, I, I, I with someone like you know, um, some of the things that I'm seeing now is the idea of school. I asked a few people, you know, which which purpose are going to college? My parents wanted me to. Um, you know, I, I want to get, I want to get a degree. Uh, I want to be successful in life. I want to get this job. And it's like, what's your purpose for? They ask me, what what do you mean? And and a lot of people have not identified what their true purpose is. So some people will drop out. Some people will not have the grades, you know, expected. Hello? Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm here. Okay. So like, uh, some people will not have the grades expected. Mm Mm-hmm. But... And they lose motivation. It's like, well, because you haven't identified your purpose with the degree. And it's like, I knew my purpose of getting a degree. I did it for my family. Now, my dad totally gets it. He like, you know, hey, 
and I, I have a nickname, like my family will call me Ken, they call me Meme. So it's like, you know, hey, Meme, like do this for you. Yeah. You know, do this for, you know, your family. But then I'm like, no, like I, I'm the first person in my family to graduate. Okay. And like that means, like graduate college, oh. like that means. Oh, that means a lot. You changed the, the so, direction of the lineage of the family now. They got someone yeah, they can I, look I, to. I, he graduated, so you can go to college if you want. He did it. You can do it. Like, I, I have little cousins that will look up to that mm-hmm. if they want to go to college. But like, or I, I trade school. For, they make a lot of money. They make a lot of money. Yeah, they make a lot of money. Shout out to the trade. They make a lot of money. Shout, shout out to the trade schools. Because <laughs> Don't sleep on not for everyone. Nope. It, to be honest, you know, Jeffrey, if I, if I didn't... If, Football wasn't there, it would be a tall task. I'm not going to lie. But football assisted me. So, my purpose was, you know, to accomplish this mission for my younger generation in the Hammond family, in the the tree, the Hammond family tree. I got you. But that was my purpose. That's what, you know, kept me going. So, with other people, it's like, man, you want to... Okay, you want to get this job, but like you don't even know what this job is, and you don't even know if you can get it. So how is this your purpose? So I, I so to go back, like I really believe we have to be honest and authentic with what we're saying our purpose is. Yeah, a lot of people probably don't really ask themselves, "Why was I created?" Well, you know, you you you're born, you get older, you go to college, go to trade, or start a business, or just hustle or do something, but. That reflective, God created me for a unique task. What is it? And you do have the answer because you probably had a skill set already. You just ain't really thought about it. I mean, everybody got a different fingerprint. That, that's like just one awe-inspiring thing that God has done. Everybody got their own unique fingerprint. So he gave you a talent, even if you the million-tenth plumber. The way you do it is totally different than everybody else. Correct. And when you actually start seeking him, ask him about it, he's going to start putting the pieces in place, and you're going to have a dog plumbing company. But you got to start asking, what's my purpose? Hey, dude, this, this was nothing in my plan to be hosting a podcast, trying to help you find a purpose, <laughs> talking to awesome individuals, reaching out to them. Nothing I had planned. But I'm learning a hey, do a guy's way, and where you're trying to go, you're gonna get that a little better and a little smoother. So I'm definitely all about you need to ask yourself that question, and hopefully you can ask yourself that early so you can get a better trajectory for your life. So by the time you're in your thirties, forties, you are a little more comfortable financially, and you can really start doing the other stuff you want to help other people. Not starting over for the third time, probably. Because I switched my majors three times. <laughs> it's bad enough I was getting paid to Wayne as custodian because they was paying for school, but engineering, music biz- management, then business management. I probably could have been out of college if I said, I should do business management. They both the same. But I wasn't that mature yet. Like, the key thing that I see in here, even from college to now, a lot of people 
do not believe in meaning, like having like meaning and reasons. It's like, you know, I'm just here just doing. Yeah. Just going with the flow. There are many people that just go with the flow. Oh 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 man. And oh, a lot of people do not do not see like I have a purpose in this world. Like I am unique. A lot of people don't see it that way. So like in my in my practice, like I am a humanistic existential, you know, person. Like our life has meaning. We do have to take accountability. We do live and die by the choices we make. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's what is it for you? That's true. But what is, what is it for for anyone? I mean, we had a lot of when when accounting lab used to be in Rand's house, we had some of the most awesome social conversations ever about every type of topic. And I found that the newer generation really didn't know a lot of stuff. Like they start asking questions about race, and I might be the only black person in the classroom or the lab. Okay, Jeff, I ain't trying to be dumb, but why is racism such a big issue? And I'm like, okay, I'm breaking down this real simple for you. You're white. Yep, yep, I'm black. We both go to the bank. I could be suited and booted, have all my documents the way I should have it. I'm going to get turned down. You can roll out the bed and go up there, and they're going to give you more than what you asked for. That's racism. That's not fair. It's not. But some people feel that way. They shouldn't. We all got children. You get cut. We all bleed red. So it really don't matter what the outer look like. But some people do. And some of them never really heard that before. I'm like, wow. I guess the newer generation really don't. Because we used to have them conversations all the time coming up in school. And then you had the elders in your neighborhood when neighborhoods were more interactive. We'll just give you some game. Many times I would walk past my godparents' house and go on to get a candy bar and be down there for four hours just getting life game. Like, do that happen now? I know at the barbershop it might happen, but... Some barbershop. Yeah. Like, when I go to, we got that old school vibe where it's going to have real grown men talking about the whole perspective of whatever this topic. But is that everywhere else? Or everybody on their phone? Wait until it's their turn. <laughs> yeah. And we, and it's crazy to look back on it now, but that stuff was, is gold now. Because that was everywhere. That was a, a normal Saturday in Detroit. Early afternoon, go to the store, come by the house. My cousin stayed down the street. He come outside. Oh, he come down. My brother come outside like, man, you been gone? Oh, yeah. We now here chopping up on life stuff till 8 o'clock at night. Just learn all type of life game. And I do hear like a lot of podcasts on YouTube that a lot of young men, if they didn't have a father or a male figure around, are asking these questions because they don't know. And that's sad because a lot of people got the knowledge, but they don't pass it. And then, as you said earlier, well, how do I ask? I don't want them to think I'm trying to do nothing to them or offend them. And that's crazy when before you could, sometimes you could just look puzzled and they're like, excuse me, man, what's your problem? Because you look real puzzled. And they approach you when I was in my 20s. But now, the way the world is, man, what you trying to try rob me? You can't do that now. <laughs> you yeah. got to scope the scene to see are they trying to be a friend or a foe? Yeah. 
along those lines too, I mean, we, we have to look at just systematically, you know, where we are at in society, you know, um, even from the, you know, older generations to now, you know, still in the black community, it's either, <clears throat> it's either athletics or bust. Like, yes, we have Oh, uh, yeah, that black men. That man, like, dude Everybody ain't gonna be LeBron Well, well I, I learned I, I kid you not Like, come like, on my, 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 my dad was really big on like Hard work pays off Like, like come on, man Like, that was That was me Like, I, I was Like, I would definitely say I was a Decent Above average athlete. Okay. Um, I played football, basketball in high school. Played football in college at the NIA level. Um, but I, I learned then that it's like, man, I could go to the NFL, but am I doing everything to go to the NFL? Am I doing everything to go to a D1 program? Oh, uh, that yeah. starts early, too, to go NBA, NFL. That's like middle school. You got to be, I want to go pro. Okay, we got to get you on the right trajectory. You got some Johnny come lately's with it, but that ain't always the story. But it's like, are you doing like on the day, like in the athletic realm? Is you really are competing three hundred sixty five days? Mm-hmm. Um, me and and one of one of my my brothers, not my like actual brother, but he's my. I got you. Uh, I, I really don't friends. Like this is my brother, um, Derek Burnett. Like he, me and hell, we tell people all the time, like. You want to go to, let's say you want to go to University of Michigan or LSU or Alabama. Well, in middle school and high school, are you training to be at Alabama, LSU, or Michigan? All right, no. But this guy is. This guy, that's why this guy is going. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what are you doing every day to put yourself there? And I was honest with myself that I want to play college ball. <clears throat> But where do I fit? I already knew, okay, my ceiling, eh, D2. Okay. Had opportunity to go D2, I chose NAIA. But I, I was realistic with my situation because it's like, okay, D2, but this NAIA school, man, this is a very intimate school. Like, it had less than a 1,000 people. Oh, wow. Okay. The, the, college, the, the college courses that I wanted in psychology – and at the time when I chose that school, like my whole staff was from like ex NFL players and some like coaches. Oh, that's awesome. Like I chose that school, but it's like even when I was at that school, it wasn't as though I was competing every day against people that was going to the NFL. So I knew right then and there, okay, professionally, not for me. But a lot of people really feel it's athletics or bus. And it's streets or bus. And it's like like you said, like or what we're seeing more now is music or bust. When that doesn't have to be the case, because like you said, shout out to the trade schools. Like these trade schools are out here. You Bro, they making education. forty-five an hour for electrician. It's, it's a lot of <laughs> things out there, and systematically, look, just systematically, we just have to be able to inform and teach. Inform and teach that there. You could be athletically gifted. You could be great at sports, but what else can you be great at? I think here, you know, being a plumber or like any other trades, and it's like being an apprentice, and it's like some, like you know, some of them is just about learning. Sometimes you get paid, some, you know, a lot of times you do not. Mm-hmm. Some of the people I know that they went through their apprenticeship and 
you know, it's more about the experience of getting paid. And people are like, all right, I'm not doing that. But it's not it, knowing that, like, this certificate yeah. or, like, this paper, like, now you certified. Now, and, like you said, you can make that 50 an hour, 75 an hour. See, that's, but it's that, like, that's the bigger problem. A lot of people on microwave, I want it right now, like, you're going to have to put some time in to get to where you're going. They not they're not gonna pay you fifty an hour for an electrician, for example, if you ain't done no time in knowing how to wire a house or anything. You gotta learn how to do that. Or you might set a house on fire because you don't have the proper training. So unless we get to the Jetsons age of everything's computerized, robotic, you're gonna have to still put the work in. And if you're doing sports or music, you need to have a backup. Some form of education, because even if you do trades, that's still learning. You still got to take some classes. There's some savants on the planet that God just made them that awesome that they can look at it one time and know everything about it. But they ain't everybody. <laughs> so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do more than just shoot. Now I would tell somebody to go play basketball instead of shoot the hoop or run the ball, because you can play 20 years and get 300 million. That's fifteen million a year. I mean, and if you are a black athlete, you could be the next Jordan to bring more revenue to the sport. But we don't like that sport because the glory ain't in basketball, baseball. It's in basketball and football. Yeah. So everybody want to be LeBron, or everybody want to be the next, whoever the hottest football player is. But what about your grades? Because you need if you get hurt, they're gonna cut you. And now do you got some people being really honest with you? Like, okay, what if this don't work? What's next? And it's not to be a dream killer to anybody listening because this is just real-life grown man business talk right now. If you have a plan A and it ain't working, what's your plan B? But what, are, what are the options, plan B, C, and D? Or the Z. You got to have more than just it's only this. Yes. Okay, what if that don't work? It ain't saying it can't work, but at this moment, it ain't working for you. And maybe God ain't letting you get there because you might not be mentally prepared and all that for for that. So it might take you another, say, year or two before you become that NFL player because now you learned more and you're going to be excelling and block out all the distractions, be about your business. Compared to, because he know everything, so he probably saw you're going to be flamed out in the first two months if you go right now. So it might be a blessing in disguise. Because you got to think about the maturity of someone in middle school. Like LeBron had to be very mature. I'm going pro. And to stay on that path, stay away from all the nonsense, and live up to everything they said it would be straight out of high school. Yes. So if you and you're a football player on that same type of trajectory, and you actually become an all-time player, you can't be wild and stupid like the typical young person. You got to be about you a CEO of yourself in seventh right. grade because you got to be about that regiment to get you to that goal. I ain't got time for A, B, C, D. I got to get here. I got to get my family off the hood. And. A lot of them have done it. I, I commend them because when you start hearing their stories, oh, my God. I thought I had it bad. I didn't have that bad. 
But there's all give yourself options besides just one path to get to somewhere yes. where you're comfortable and successful. That's definitely something that people need to look at. But and I just want to tell everyone like our purpose cannot be forced. I, I hear a lot of time that the reason why people are doing something is like, oh, because of the money. Okay, well, what else? The money. Okay, money gonna come and go. But what else is it? So it's like we cannot force it. Like mm-hmm. money could be a priority. Yeah, but that's not necessarily the purpose. You know yeah. what is, is the the purpose is to be able to be have freedom. Okay, now we're talking. Yeah, you know, like that that financial freedom. But it's like when we say like, oh, like I'm doing this because money. Because you can get five million tomorrow. Now what? <laughs> now, now what? Are you gonna lose it? Or are you gonna maintain it? Because <laughs> you don't think about that. I just gotta be rich. Okay, you rich, and now they now groupies. Now everybody want to be hanger ons. Blah blah blah. You ain't thought about that. You just thought about the money. Correct. Because I'm looking to be six figure to where I can really help people and be comfortable doing it. Because you. Working on your purpose and you keep grinding on it, you're going to get there and you're going to be blessed. It's just going to happen that way. If it don't happen that way, is you made a mistake along the way. And there's no it's, I, it's, go ahead. And also, but it's, it's, it's being able to be aware that I can identify my purpose, not necessarily my priority. I'm I'm all for knowing what our priorities are, but. That's not necessarily our purpose. That's true. People can get those confused. And I get it. If you're coming from a real bad environment, you're tired of eating a a sugar sandwich and water. You know, you want to eat some real food. You want to be able to have some real shoes. Because some people have had those stories that became Hall of Famers in sports. Yes. But in today's world, internet made it so small, you can start a business in eighth grade and see a profit. But these YouTubers out here, the social media, nice. And they, they don't think about it. Like, like that's telling us, like, man, the world is so small. It's in the palm of your hand. We had the big computers in the 80s. Now your phone is pretty much a computer. You yes. can start a business. And make a profit. And have a cash app and go spend it. You know how long you had to wait to see a profit back in the day? Well, it's going to be 10 weeks before it get to you because the mail way out. You ain't got that problem now. But some people, don't. they don't look at it that way. They're not forward thinking yet. They're playing checkers, not chess. They ain't looking at the big picture. You do got some young stories I've come across like they doing their thing. They see, oh, I can... Be shipping products to China to Amazon. I'm about to do this. Might be a dollhouse or something. And you like what they they looked at the big picture. Yep. Somebody wants something that you got a good skill at. You just gotta put it together, package it, get some help if you need help with marketing, and get it to them. And somebody will say, I want to pay you five dollars for that. Just for a, just a number to throw out there. Mm-hmm. And keep it going. 
get better at it, retool it, I pay $20. Before you know it, they paying $100 for your product. We didn't have that back in there. We were trying to do what everybody else did. Chase girls, be in the streets, smoke weed, drink a little bit, get out of high school. To be in high school now, man, you could be the next Jeff Bezos or somebody. That's what I'm looking at like y'all ain't looking, y'all ain't trying to, man, I ain't trying to do all that. Like, oh my goodness. But all the stuff you can learn. <laughs> but, at the, but at the same time, that, and, you know, uh, even with the advances in technology and like the, the marketing world, like the social media and being able to really be in front of your consumer, these like the consumers, the mindset still to be there, the purpose still have to, has to be there. You know, um, True. a lot of people do not have the purpose to be an entrepreneur. No, they don't. do not have the, the means and reasons to be an entrepreneur. Like a lot of people really are okay with working for people. Yeah, and it's so, not, nothing's wrong with that. And it's, it's not wrong with it. Nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with that at all. Just it. somebody gonna make that money. Why not me? That's how I look at it. Yeah. <laughs> if I work for someone, you're gonna have trials and tribulations at the job. Why not have that for my own company? Yes. Gonna have the same problems, same coworkers might get on your nerve at times. Why not me be the boss boss of it? At least it's mine. Then you're gonna get some jack because man, I'm getting sad to so and so say one more word to me today. Like it's Monday. What are you, what are you talking about? Some Jack Daniels for it's Monday. What? What are we doing? Do they? You ain't gotta speak to him. Nah, the way they look at him, like come on, man. Nah, I need my own. <laughs> but that's just me. I appreciate. I'm great for every job I've had, but I would like my own. Yes, to be living in my purpose comfortably, coming and going as I please, doing what I should be doing. I think that's awesome yes. life and legacy to leave. I totally agree. Then getting up three o'clock in the morning, four or something to go somewhere. Like, oh man, it's cold outside. <laughs> Trey, they get cold, man. They <laughs> <It> get cold. <laughs> if I'm leaving out the house, I ain't even going to the studio to record an album or a track <laughs> or something. I don't even going outside to do nothing else at six in the morning. That's the studio. Or working on a TV show or movie. Something. Something that interests me. Not, man, I gotta go here. Ooh, it's cold. Start the car up. That just ain't like to me no more. I wanna be in my purpose. And I hope people really. Th- Think about what me and my man are chopping up about and find what God made you to do. Because you probably already got it, but you ain't really thought about it. And do that. That to me, I think that's a better story. Even if you even if you making 80 grand a year, that's awesome. That's a good life. If you wise with your money. You want more work harder, you and smarter, you can make more. That's a good life. But living, but 40 and under, nah, man, that's cool, but nah, man. I need some elbow room. <laughs> I need to know DT going to get their money because I got the auto pay set up. Don't even call me. You know, everything's set up auto pay. We don't talk no more. We ain't friends like that. Talk to my laptop. Talk to Siri or somebody. 
That's lifestyle I'm trying to get to. I know, oh, I ain't got time. Okay, let me pull out my budget. I'm trying. I don't want that no more. I want all that auto pay. What's this book I need to work on? What's this TV show? No, I need to meet with this person. Need to do this podcast. That's what I want to be focused on. I'm going to get there. It's going to, it's going to take a second. I'm going to get there. And definitely bring you back on and people like you to really talk to the newer generation because I never thought about the stuff you brought up on some of these questions we don't really know or know how to ask. I never thought about it until now. And you know, and one of the one of the biggest things too, um, with with the, with the time we have, I, I really want you know, to give the audience that <clears throat> one of the theories that I go by and I, I stand by is that significant change does not occur unless there is extreme pleasure or pain. You know, so, you know, which one will you decide, which one will you choose, you know, which one will you allow happen to you in order to move the needle? Mm, that's, that's deep. And it's sadly true. <laughs> Some things happen to make you really say it's time to really get on the ball. Yes. And it's not normally happy stuff, sad to say it. <laughs> It's light shattering <laughs> yeah. to where people know, like, man, if if you don't ball too far now, you ain't never going to do it. This situation yeah. make you give it your all. Or it could be someone didn't believe you can do it, and they told you. And that may hurt your feelings. Like, wow, I never thought they would just, you just talk. You ain't never going to do nothing. That might be that spark, like, okay, I got to stop talking. Leaders lead. Sometimes they move in silence. And people just see the results. Like, oh, he started a company. Oh, oh he hired workers. Oh, he, he, why he got contracts? Wow. Mm-hmm. They're going to come back like, man, you really like, be humble. I know the urge is going to be there. I should just throw it in your face. Nope, always stay humble. Like, now, nah, yeah, you said I'd never do it. I need that kick to get started. Stop talking. Yeah. Start doing. Because you, you ain't going to do nothing rubbing their face. Be grown. You don't need to do all that. <laughs> but living your purpose is awesome. Like all awesome stuff you're doing, brother. Appreciate it. Any final words? Yes, you know, um, I, I definitely want to, you know, leave with if there's, you know, there's someone out there that is having a difficult time finding their purpose. Um, if there's someone that <clears throat> needs accountability, you know, needs assistance with, you know, taking responsibility, you know, definitely, definitely um, reach out to me. Um, I, I'm available uh, through Facebook at Kenneth Hammond Jr. Um, you can also find me on Psychology Today. You, know, you search up Kenneth Hammond Jr. <clears throat> I'm also on Instagram. You can find me at, at Kane's Virtue LLC. And um, you can re- also reach out to me um, by the number of 734 
Um, you know, I, I, like I said, my purpose is to lead and service others. Uh, so if there is someone in need of any, you know, assistance with any mental health concerns or really, you know, forward driven, uh, definitely reach out um, so we can work together to accomplish those goals. You got a website? I am working on that. Me too. That is something I am working on, and you know, shout out uh, to to Tisha Cameron from um, from from Washington uh, because she is on my head about it, and that's the accountability I need. Oh yeah, you know, all, my sisters, uh, my sisters, Kenya, Mary, Christian, Elena, all my sisters, my family, um, my support. They are on me about just being better with engaging and marketing. Um, so the, the website I am definitely working on. Yeah, I'm hoping to have mine done. Cause I think he's changing service, so hopefully by next month. Next month. But Tisha, she she's awesome. Tisha's amazing. Yep, she gave me a lot of names, and I reached out, and most of everybody connected. I be sitting here, like, I need some popcorn. Get some. Um, wow, they did what with their life? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> okay. Oh wow. I learn something new every time. And the biggest thing I learned, like, definitely got to get you on the the second component, talking about other topics, because definitely need to start talking about the youth today and manhood type stuff. Yeah, no I never thought about that. Like, they don't know what to ask or hesitant to ask. Never thought about that. We got to make sure we get the information out there so you can go here. We got it for you right here. You ain't got to ask nobody else. Type of question in. We, we will answer it. We'll figure it out for you. Get you started. Yes. This has been awesome, bro. I thank you for doing it. Thank, thank you for allowing me to be on this program, uh, this, this platform. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you for reaching out, um, and, and, and thank thank you, Tisha, um, for you know for the for the referral for you know giving my name you know to Mister Jeffrey. Oh yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, I know people on this like this is a long layup, but it's a lot of as I call it, grown man business in here for any young man that might need to hear that. It's definitely in there. Make sure I get everything right. Want to thank fellow Wayne State University alum, Kane's Virtue owner, founder, mental health and substance abuse coach, psychotherapist Kenneth Heyman Jr., M-A-T-L-L-P, for sharing his story and giving all his life game to me. I'm going to play the outro, process everything, and I'm going to send you a copy, sir. It's been an awesome conversation with you. Until next time.